Welcome to Movies. This is the third part of my discussion with Don Jolly of Encyclopedia.Zone and Dagger Magazine. We are going to be talking about the state of the Godzilla films. We'll be discussing the original, some of the American remakes, as well as Shin Godzilla and many of those that came in between. Now, when the full 85-plus minute long episode comes up on Wednesday, you're going to notice that the sequence of topics is not quite in order with the release order. We were talking about Haozu for a little bit of time, and then we hopped into Godzilla, and then we got back to Haozu. I wanted, I wanted to give each segment of the conversation its own respective due. And so that's why it's been chopped up into three episodes, and also because you know things are boring. Everybody's trapped inside. There's not a whole lot of material to listen to that's coming out at a, a rapid pace regarding uh, movies, at least, because everybody's attention is focused on virus and the news and the president is biden really alive you know so uh that will hopefully offer a good opportunity to make up for the space that movies was void from uh and also we talked about a bunch of stuff that's just off topic as well in between these conversations that did not make the cut of these three respective episodes so check that out when it drops on wednesday it was a good fleshed out dialogue and i hope you enjoy it in the meantime, here is our Godzilla conversation. Yeah, so I'm going to take advantage of the of the Jaws thing here to say, you sure. know, because eventually I was hoping we could talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the Godzilla films. Godzilla, king of the monsters, whose death ray passed the city from the face of the earth before your very eyes. Godzilla alive, stalking across the world, crushing all before it. Is Godzilla fantasy or a prophecy of doom? For the answer, see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. A tale of horror more fantastic than any ever written by Jules Verne. More terrifying than any ever shown on the screen. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Incredible Titan of Terror. A story to stun the mind as a gargantuan creature of the sea surges up on a tidal wave of destruction to wreak vengeance on the earth. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Fantastic beyond comprehension. beyond compare. Astounding beyond belief. The mightiest monster. gotta say you know jaws and that whole like era of american monster movies that that followed it i mean just in general american monster movies are are not to my taste i i think that they have a uh they have a weird approach or they have an approach to the special effects and to the monster itself that i that i don't uh vibe with as much as i do the the japanese ones and actually in terms of like movies that are a little bit like house i would recommend uh, 1971's Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, uh, which was by Yoshimitsu Bano. And it was the situation where kind of the old guard of the Godzilla films had had retired or died and uh, or retired from making the, the pictures and Tsuburaya was dead. But uh, they gave the series to this like young, young gun experimental filmmaker who like he puts like animated sequences in the film. There's a part where a guy takes LSD and everybody gets fish heads. Um, he, it, it's like ridiculously violent, but then also explicitly for kids. There's a bunch of hippies that get fucking annihilated. It's like it's a strange psychedelic freak out movie. And uh, you were talking about how Toho was freaking out after after House was filmed. Uh, the producer of the Godzilla films, Tomoyuki Tanaka, after he saw Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, told the director, 
you have ruined Godzilla and didn't allow him to fucking touch the series again. And then actually he ended up like years later after Tanaka died, he ended up with some portion of the rights, which is why they're making these American Godzilla movies now, because he sold his portion of the Godzilla rights to legendary pictures. So I would Godzilla versus the smog monster is the house of Godzilla movies. However you want to take that. Not to fully transition into Godzilla just yet, because I feel like there's a lot more to say about House. But I do want to ask you, have you seen the American Godzilla films? And if so, what is your opinion on them? The American Godzilla films? Yes. Uh, Like the (laughs) I saw the 1998 one with Matthew Broderick. The best one is what you meant to say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I don't know. The, the, exactly. Exactly. That's the reaction that you should have to that movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, look like the thing is like, to me, that movie looks tame and inoffensive next to the legendary pictures, Godzilla movies that they're making now. I haven't seen the most recent one. I tried to watch it and like, okay, here's the thing. Like these movies are like a lot of big Hollywood blockbusters. And I mean, these are like lower grade blockbusters, but they're still blockbusters. Uh, they're made with the, co- like in cooperation with the United States department of defense who gives them, you know, they like they get to use American military hardware and imagery uh, in exchange for, for tax breaks. Like they have some kind of arrangement. It's a very common thing in the United States. And I mm-hmm. think it is like, it is disgusting that they're taking the character of Godzilla and using it in what are basically like American military propaganda films. It's, it's antithetical to the whole point of the series. And I think ultimately disrespectful to the generation of, of Japanese that, that created the pictures and that actually, you know, w- was using them like to comment on not just uh, Japan's experience in the second world war uh, with America, but also the, occupation of of japan that followed and the sort of like difficult process of westernization that that uh followed off of that like you know these are films that have a lot of social commentary and watching them prostituted into the 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 legendary pictures you know godzilla whatever they're doing like i i i find the 1998 movie ugh but I find the the ones that they're making now to be like as far as a big blockbuster movie could be like a, a work of spiritual evil. Ooh. So that's what I think about those. Yeah, now you're talking my language. I can totally relate to that. Yeah, it does completely negate the whole purpose of that original film. I watched the first Godzilla movie again last night. The uh, the real original, not the Raymond Burr oh. American yeah, yeah. remake. Gareth. Uh, oh right. Oh no, not not the Gareth Edwards. I'm talking about the 1950s uh, Japanese Godzilla. Right, right, right. Yes. Um, but I completely agree with your your assessment there as far as uh, these newer films go. And also just um, speaking in terms of taste, they're very bland in general. There's nothing particularly interesting about any of them. They don't really do uh, anything that deviates from what you might expect from a massive uh, like conglomerate blockbuster. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't really have too much to say about either one of them. And, and I've seen both of them. I thought the, the King Kong movie was actually far worse <laughs> than both of those. But You thought it was what? Far, far better or worse? I far worse. Think. Far worse. Yeah, was... yeah. No, that, that King Kong movie. I mean, like I was saying about how I don't like American monster movies. Like, I don't like Jaws. You know, that's that's like not up to my that that, that doesn't vibe with what I like. Uh, mm-hmm. Imagine how much I hate these stupid CGI 
monsters. I mean, I feel the same way about Pacific Rim. I'm like, you know, okay, so, you know, you're talking yep. about how they use real swords in Sword of Doom, right? Like, the Godzilla movies, they build a miniature city and blow it up, and you get to watch mm -hmm. guys in 250-pound foam latex suits acting while live explosives detonate around them. I mean, those suit actors, like, they got fucked up, man. Like, it's this just, like, crazy, you know, like, cinematic uh, performance that they do. And a big part of it to me is, like, it's real miniatures. It's real explosions. It's, like, a whole bunch of moving parts in this, like, giant you know, otherworldly diorama. And it's like, you see this King Kong movie and it's like, oh great, you you know, you've got a copy of True Space 3D and you made a monkey in it. Like, what? I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, the, the it, it's such a shame because it's like, you know, King Kong is the Ur special effects movie, right? You guys like King Kong? I, I love the original King Kong. Yeah. Um, and it's like that, that, there's so much character and there's so much like wild inventiveness in those Willis O'Brien effects. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, you watch Kong skull Island and you could clearly tell that they're like, like this, the thing that I really hated about that movie, I, I saw only saw it once, but the thing I really hated about it is you could tell that the people that are making it have this kind of arch attitude where they're like, Oh, it's just a, you know, it's a goofy fucking monster movie. Like we're going to be balls mm -hmm. to the wall, man. Like, Whoa, John C. Riley showed up and he's kooky. You didn't like Steve Brule? You didn't like <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve Brule versus King Kong? Yeah. Steve Brule versus King Kong. <laughs> and like, and you, you could tell that they're just like winking about how like shitty they think the material is. And I'm like, well, if you think the movie that you're making is shitty, like, are you just telling me that I'm a fucking asshole for paying you a dollar ninety nine to rent it off Amazon? Like, you you think I'm a fucking idiot? Like, I want to watch something that you don't care about? What the hell? No, I, I'm the idiot. I spent seventy dollars to take my girlfriend to go see that in IMAX, and and let me tell you, I was very unhappy afterward. Oh man, what did she think yeah. though? Did she enjoy it? Is it a good yeah, date movie? She's, yeah, no. It's I mean, she's she's less of a critic than I am, so uh, it it sufficed. I'll say that, but I okay, really yeah, despise. Yeah. I despise that director, Jordan Vogt Roberts, and everything he did where it's literally, he doesn't do anything creative with that movie. It's just uh, tons of references. Like he didn't do, he didn't have John C. Riley even do anything that would deviate from that character that he played on Adult Swim for six or seven years. And it's like, oh, we got the Akira jacket. Oh, that's cute. You know? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I just like I, I fucking despise this like new generation of Hollywood blockbusters where it's like a bunch of stuff that you recognize for movies that are already successful or comic books or whatever it is that they're that they're eating the corpse of. And then big, loud digital effects. And it's it's just nothing. It's like and an, an advertisements for successive films. And it's like, oh, they're trailer movies. So their movies are made so that the trailer is nice and people get fooled into going because they don't really show you much about what the actual story is. I remember being excited about the Gareth Edwards movie because I, I was curious as to what they were going to do or what story they were going to follow. And then it ended up being a story about a soldier that was played by one of the worst fucking actors. One of the most boring actors they could have picked to lead that movie. You kill off Brian Cranston in the yeah. first 18 to 20 minutes. Why? Because he's too old? Because he's in his 50s? That's not compelling? Why? So you bring in Aaron Taylor Johnson, who has zero charisma? And, and then, whenever you have a, a good, cool fighting scene, you 
pan down to the soldier because we need to see him running out and going to his wife. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't understand what kind of movie you're trying to sell me, but it sucks. And, yeah. uh, and I didn't really think about that whole army thing before because I just, I just fucking hated the movie and I was just rather not think about it. But now that you say that it's completely the opposite of what, what the movies are supposed to be for. And this ones now are just, you know, rah, 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 the army, uh, let's fight this monster and somehow we're the hero. Yeah. I mean, the, I, the, the Japanese defense force is a big part of the, the Godzilla thing. But one of the most important things about Godzilla, the formula to me, is that you get to see all these big 20th century military weapons get fucking destroyed. The army does not work. Like that's the that's kind of the point, right? And it's like I was watching, like I watched the first 10 minutes of the sequel that they made to that Gareth Edwards movie. I, did Gareth Edwards direct the second one? Do you know? Uh, no, the other one was directed by, I actually had it over here. Hold on. Hmm. Is directed by uh, Michael Doherty. Yeah, I don't know him, but uh, he did, he, he did uh, Krampus. He did. Oh, he did Krampus. I I actually kind of like Krampus. Yeah. I I didn't think it was terrible. Krampus was pretty good. Yeah, Krampus and was pretty he, good. He did Trick or Treat apparently, or at least one. <clears throat> yeah, Trick or Treat. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I I am positively disposed towards him, but fuck him forever for making that second Godzilla movie because I I watched the first fifteen minutes. And I got to some fucking scene where Rodan is flying over a city and it cuts to heroic U.S. soldiers jumping into harm's way to rescue people. And I'm like, he just fucking destroyed the whole city. He flew over it. Everything is rubble. But you're going to cut to like, don't worry, ma'am. The U.S. Army is here to protect you. Fuck you. Fuck those people. Yeah. It's just, again, I don't, I don't understand what kind of movie they're trying to sell us. So is it a, you know, supporting the army type of movie? But then why is this monster necessary? Is it, are we going to do anything with the monsters besides, you know, they're a threat that we must eliminate, but we don't know how. And the whole movie is about trying to figure out how to eliminate this monster. But then there's no compelling characters. There's nothing that you can, nothing you can follow story-wise that keeps you engaged. It's just loud. It's just... It, it it kind of felt like a Transformers movie. Yeah, it's or, or like it's a Marvel. Or... Hey, here's some here's some things that you might recognize, and it's just going to be loud, and it's just going to be you know visually with things happening all over the screen. But there's no story, and there's not really anything that you can connect with or that you can care about. Even the fucking fight with the monster. And I'm just talking about the Gareth Edwards because I, I still haven't seen uh, the second one. But even the Godzilla fight wasn't great. And with the things you can do now with CGI, especially if that's what they're going to use, it was kind of like, okay, if we're going to make this movie about this uh, unstoppable monster, then make him unstoppable. I don't want to know about this soldier and what his plight is and you know how he's going to end up being the, the hero. So is it, you know, a, a rah-rah-rah army movie or are we watching a monster movie or what is it? I don't understand. Well, you, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to look at Rodan as uh, like a metaphor for Al-Qaeda. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, okay. it's pretty clearly Rodan is, is Al-Qaeda in that movie. Like I, I thought they had some real trenchant social commentary. Like, but we all know what they're doing. They're just doing the Marvel movie thing. I mean, you say it reminds yes, you of Transformers, but like. To me, it's like they're all Marvel movies. It's like they're Marvel movies that are about monsters, like supposedly. But like, you know, they're even in the the first one. Like they got poor Ken Watanabe uh, in that in that first uh, movie, and he, they got him saying, "Oh, like, he's oh, in the let second them, too." Let them fight. 
He's in the second one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was the only one to come back. As if there's some like big moral thing to like watching a monster fight because that's what people who've never watched a Godzilla movie like remember about Godzilla movies. I mean, it's it's this thing where it's just like they figured out like they have something with name recognition and they take like the most superficial elements of it and just throw it into a big loud spectacle picture because they're trying to like hit that billion dollar mark and create this continuity of further mediocrity that will go on into perpetuity. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, I'm really just tired of it. You know, like I can't even get up the, the fucking hackles to like go see these things for free anymore. Like I, I just don't give a shit. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather like do dishes than watch <laughs> the rise of Skywalker or something. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, I think we're hitting that saturation point where people really are, where that, that feeling you just described is not an isolated one. I think for the most part that has just been building in many traditional moviegoers. And the only people who are going to see movies nowadays are probably families, you know, parents who have to drag their, their 15 year olds or, uh, you know, 39 year old men who have like the mentality of a 14 year old boy and still collect action figures. But also, uh, uh, I mean, uh, a lot of it has to do with saturation, I'm sure, but also the things that they're trying to sell us as new and cool or the things that they're trying to revive instead of coming up with new properties they could do something with uh, by just playing off the nostalgia. And I mean, I hope that people are getting sick of that shit because, uh, I mean, is there people that are really excited about this Bill and Ted movie, but that movie is going to be shit. I don't know if anyone is actually expecting that movie to be good because that's a weird one to go good. after. There's so many I'm, terrible I'm movies. You're going to go after Bill and Ted. <laughs> I just a... I just that one just popped in my head as like the, the, the latest, you know, it's going to be great just because the people that were in it uh, originally are attached to it. But it's, again, one of those movies that are a point of their time. Like, it works in the 90s because of who the characters are and what they do. And bringing it now is just going to be a, hey, remember this from that other movie? Or remember this other thing? What are they going to do with Carlin? Are they going to get, what, James Corden to do it? Oh, like, no, who, who? no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's the thing. Like, it's just movies that should not be revived. There's nothing that you can add to that. Or look at what they did with Black Christmas. It's just a name recognition thing. They don't really follow anything that was done before or continue in the story because most of those movies are not really worth continuing the story. Otherwise, you wouldn't wait 20, 30 years to do that. Uh, and it's a lot of that and a lot of just the same movie over and over again with the same arcs and the same characters doing the same bland thing that just... I don't know. I uh, th This whole uh, Harley Quinn thing too where uh it, it's all about you know it's successful if it made money or not but at the end of the day is the movie good or not like i, th I don't think people are focusing on that it is more about you know if you said it's not successful then you hate women and if you say it is then you don't and it's just what are we are we focusing on the what now you know and and it's such a uh i feel like now i'm just babbling and none of you are jumping you are out. yes no no i thought you were on a fucking roll i don't know like i i i completely agree with you i mean i i think that one of the things that's really interesting about where movies are right now because i think this is a byproduct of, of the scale of the civilization that we're experiencing right it's like the reason that movies are like this is because they have figured out a formula to make a film that can play in every country on earth that is equally acceptable to all markets or at least successful in all markets so that you could make a fucking billion dollars if you invest in, in making this big 
a spectacle special effects style of movie. You know, the Marvel films are really the the thing that cracked the nut finally. But, you know, you could track it all the way back to Jaws if you wanted to. Um, you know, it's it's a formula that produces films that are broadly acceptable to like a large portion of the population of Earth. And if you're a person who like really enjoys watching movies, like who's really into good cinematography, good story, interesting special effects, they are not going to serve you at all. But they are going, it, it's like, uh, this is something when people make the argument that the internet is making people stupider, right? And they say like, well, look at this like uh, cat gif, like how dumb is that? And it's like, well, it's not that people are stupider, it's that this kind of meme, like these kind of really stupid memes are the things that are capable of appealing to like millions of people at once, right? You can have smarter mm. content, but it's going to appeal to smaller and smaller groups of people, right? Like it becomes more and more niche. Um, and they've figured out a way to make content that is appealing to like a really unprecedented number of people. It's just that it doesn't actually like, it's not great to any of them. It's just acceptable to all of them. And that's, you know, where we're at. But it's also movies that are not going to be remembered five, ten years from now. You know, it, we're talking about Jaws that came out, what, in the 70s? Yeah, yeah. And that was 50 years ago. And what movie that, even that has won an Oscar in the past couple of years, you think we will remember in 10 years? Green Book? I think people are going to be talking about Green Book or 12 Years a Slave or, or Moonlight. That Why are you mentioning all the black movies, now? Hans? What's up with that? What if... The what? You you just cited three of the black movies that came out yeah. this decade. Yeah, they were. <laughs> of all the movies you could well, have mentioned that were thing. really boring. I don't watch this thing. So, like, those are the ones that stick in my head, but I can't because I'm racist, but I can't remember the others. <laughs> now, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, maybe there's some movies right now that are going to be remembered in 10 years. But look, from the studio's perspective, they don't want a movie to stick around for 10 years because they want to be able to remake it in five. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. they, they want these films to like come out, make a billion dollars, keep the marketing machine going. And this is what I, this is what I don't like about Joker, by the way, because it's like, I will acknowledge that Joker is like, it's a better movie than most of these other superhero films, but as good a movie as it is, you know, and as much as, you know, it apparently has like a social commentary message that has really resonated with people because I saw those uh, yellow vest protesters in France uh, light themselves on fire while wearing Joker makeup. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's a real thing. Like Google that. But uh, as much as that is like genuinely connecting with people, even that film is part of a giant marketing engine that mm -hmm. is going to keep this fucking clown man character on backpacks and lunch boxes and, you know, in, in fucking out in front of people so that they can keep the merchandising engine engine going. And that's the thing that I really like, as much as you're saying, I think that people are getting sick of this. Like, I don't know if the studios are getting sick of it because even like rise of Skywalker was like a, a flop quote unquote, that movie made, you know, it crossed a billion dollars, made a ton of money. Like right. I could, the I could see a world where like every movie that comes out is some derivative of, two or three big franchises. So they're all just fucking connected. I mean, it's not every movie. No, that could absolutely be Hollywood the case. Movie. Yeah. And so I was it's going all to say, I, sustaining the machine. I thoroughly enjoyed Joker. I had it as uh, the top film of last year, which I don't know what that says about the, the state of cinema, but as a recent, I've been, I've been reflecting on whether or not it's impact 
is going to be a good one or a bad one for exactly the reason that you're stating now, which is that we're going to get more maybe uh, mid-budget dramas that are great movies, but they're going to be integrated with whatever comic book properties or pre-existing franchise characters uh, are, are already, you know, have been popularized into the culture. So it could be something that is ultimately detrimental. Um, all of this to say, uh, you guys won't be seeing King Kong versus Godzilla when it comes out this year. Is it, is it actually coming out this year? Oh yeah. And it's, it, you know, one of the, one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest issues I have with these movies is that they take interesting filmmakers, especially while they're still like young and they're doing indie flicks and they're being, you know, very interesting artists. They pluck them and then they sterilize them with these movies. They get trapped into like the whole studio system and it seems like they never make an interesting movie again. And the filmmaker that is helming Kong vs. Godzilla or whatever they're going to wind up calling it is Adam Wingard, who's, I mean... Hans, you're a fan of his, right? You liked your next, yeah. and he, I, th- I thought the guest was pretty good before. Oh um, yeah, I saw the guest. Beaten That's over the movie. head with, yeah. But I, I, I haven't watched that recently. I have a feeling I would have maybe more of a distaste for it just because we've been so inundated with 1980s pop culture, and that came out a little bit before that. Before Stranger Things kind of took root and changed how, uh, I guess, what the popular fashion everything is. Um, but I found the guest to be great. And uh, what I, uh, was the other movie he did? I saw I saw the guest a couple of days ago, actually, and yeah, there's some parts where you just it doesn't hold yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, there's some bits where you're just like ah, like uh, like uh, you you put yourself in the you know this came out before, but it's still kind of cringe in some parts just because it, it feels very you know d- trying to be drive ish. You know, and yeah. because that whole that whole character became a genre after that movie came out. So in points, the movie does kind of feel like he's trying to be that that character. But yeah, I, did, I didn't really like it as much uh, as as I did when it came out. Uh, he did uh, Your Next, and he did a couple of segments on VHS, uh, and then uh, the Blair Witch beloved, movie, our beloved Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the then, the the remake of Blair Witch, you get yeah. You guys are, well, the remake. You guys are sequel. watching Blair Witch. Yeah, I uh, I I was in New York when the movie came out, and I had nothing to do in the afternoon. I went to a theater, and it was a tiny theater, and it was just me watching it. And I got dizzy five minutes in, and I just cold sweat throughout the whole movie <laughs> because I was like, I need to fucking finish this thing. And it was a piece of shit. But, I, but it was, it, I, I guess it was more about the experience of me feeling like, you know, this is like a torture thing where I'm just sweating uh, cold because I'm dizzy and I want to throw up. I Are you sure you didn't have like food popcorn. poisoning or something from the, the theater nachos? Cold dizzy. What? No, I didn't get <laughs> yeah, that no, from the movie at all. It's a, it's a witch's curse. It's a, it's yeah, a very yes, it was the Blair film, Witch. Apparently. Oh no! Oh no! 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 But the the first person, like the POV, is horrendous. Like it, it moves way too much. So yeah. within five minutes, I was already like, oh. And I've always oh. had this problem when um, when I was younger, I couldn't play Golden Eye in '64 for longer than three minutes because I would want to throw up. Because you would have a seizure. Uh, so You'd this be was definitely writhing on the floor in front of your parents. Mm-hmm. Hey, on the on the topic of uh, found footage and POV, uh, Don, what did you think of Cloverfield? He's in the bathroom, dude. <laughs> he went to the bathroom? Yeah, it says I gotta take a bathroom break. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, all right. Well, Hans, what did you think of Cloverfield? 
Jesus, you want to ask that again? Are you okay right now? Are you getting dizzy? Are you getting cold sweats? No, I still have that fucking corona, so I'm fucking coughing. Oh. Uh... I when Clover, I I liked it when it came out. Again, it's one of those one of those movies that um, it was a, a product of its time. I guess it was really early, at least from what I can remember. Before that boom of POV uh, happened, uh, when that movie came out, and I, I remember liking it. I don't remember getting dizzy, but I, I did watch it at home, so it's it's different. Watching it in a huge screen when there's only five rows of seat, yeah, I wanted to to fucking die, but. Cloverfield was all right. I haven't seen it since it came out, though. Yeah, that was a one of the better theatrical experiences I had. I, I I saw that in Boston at night when it first came out. I think it was probably like the last week it was showing. And I have watched it since, you know, and it, of course, doesn't really hold up as well, especially with the the special effects and the, um, mm. the CGI. And no, the acting is not particularly good, especially in retrospect. You can go with it on your first viewing because you're still immersed in the experience, but then it's yeah. like uh, there's a reason why none of those actors had careers afterward, you know? Yeah. Well, is it the the only one that has a career now? It's T.J. Miller, who was not even in the movie, right? He's just the voice of the camera guy. Does he have a career? I mean, he was in that Kristen Stewart, H.P. Lovecraft movie that came out recently, but, I, I mean, he kind of killed what? his career is a color, car crash is, the, is Kristen stewart in the color out of space no uh there's some backdoor hp lovecraft movie that's what what is this movie about hans you know more about it than i do what movie the one where she's in the sea or something and then cthulhu shows up at the last minute oh oh, yeah. oh no she's just like a deep sea diver or something and there's a monster and it's cthulhu and that's a spoiler it's jaws um, six that's yeah, that's all I know about the movie. It's supposed to be just like a scary monster undersea uh, movie that at the end is revealed that it's actually Cthulhu. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, that sounds uh, awful. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Especially with Kristen Stewart. That doesn't really give me much hope. It's yeah, not really known for yeah. I thought The Clouds of Sils Maria was okay. I mean, I, I haven't seen Twilight, so I don't have the like intense anti-Kristen Stewart thing. But like... Man, I don't know what the 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 reveal at the end of the movie is that it's Cthulhu. Like that's it? No, not even that. It's like what what is she looking for? Like uh, an endangered species of octopi, and then in like the last three minutes, Cthulhu just floats by the screen. That, yeah. That's that's okay. ridiculous. Anyway, that's that's terrible. I I want to see yeah. the color out of space though. Like I, I I I give a lot of credit to Lovecraft movies, you know, especially the Stuart Gordon ones. I thought were really good. Stuart Gordon, yeah, he did Reanimator, right? Yeah, and Dagon and uh, Castle Freak. Oh, Castle and, Freak! Yeah, that was one of Castle the first Freak. one of the first horror movies I yeah. I ever saw was Castle Freak. They're remaking it. It's coming out in a couple of years, I think, from Cinestate and Fangoria. I mean, I I don't know. Look, I'll watch anything Fangoria produces. I think that's a magazine. That's a that's a brand with a lot of cachet in my mind. I was going to ask you before, and then Hans told me you, you took a break to use the bathroom. Uh, what did you think of Cloverfield? Oh, Cloverfield. Um, okay, I really liked it when it came out because I thought that it was a really good in-cinema experience. Like, I thought that the point-of-view shots of, like, especially when they go up into the building and they look down on everything and it's all smashed up. I thought That's that great. was very effective. Uh, you watch it on home video and you realize like, yeah, it's a shitty movie that works once in a theater. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of my opinion of it. Uh, Do you think that Cloverfield is the best American-made monster? Mm, I mean, like, you want to get into best American, like, giant monster movies, like, you really got to go back to the 50s, I think. But... Wendy Williams? <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Williams. Alright. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> um, what about <coughs> monsters? I can't, can't even think of one. Oh, What's that? Like... That, colossal, that Colossal movie? That was a monster, right? Colossal? Oh, the, the with Anne Hathaway, where she like... Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Is that any good? I didn't see that. I haven't seen it either. I think yeah. that monster's like in her head, though. I don't think there's an actual monster. I think it's all like a, like a, like a weird metaphor for, for bipolar disorder or something. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's 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 doing that thing. I mean, like, there's there's a million giant monster movies in in, in America. I mean, obviously, King Kong, uh, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, Nine Million Miles to Earth. Like, these are all like stop motion movies from the from the fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and like, I think probably my favorite of them is them. Uh, nineteen fifties like giant ant movie. Um, actually, like really influential on aliens. Uh, like the little girl who's all traumatized that comes out of them. Uh, they did the, they do a really good buildup because that's the thing about monster movies. It's all about uh, the buildup and the pacing of the reveal of the monster. Right. And like, they just do a really excellent job in, in that picture, but you know, American monster movies, like here's my big objection to them. They always defeat the monster at the end. So it always ends up being a thing about how, like, even though there's these massive threats to, to human civilization, we've got it all under control, boys. Like, that's the American monster movie message. And uh, I don't believe that this is an accurate message regarding how our civilization is able to respond to existential threats. So, but, uh, Barring some of the more recent Godzilla films where they've spun it as like, well, you know, I, I, I don't even know if this would necessarily apply in that case since it's the Americans or, or whoever using Godzilla to defeat a much more imminent threat. Uh, has there been a monster movie where you've had that giant monster or that outward force kind of just dominate the world and then that's it? The closest thing that I can think of is, and I don't even think this would really fit the criteria, would be that the, whatever the latest Jurassic Park movie was to come out. Oh, yeah. Where they where they are cloning the dinosaurs and the dinosaurs like take over the world. Yeah, I mean, I mean the George Romero zombie pictures, like the zombies conquer the world, first movie, and then they're just continually in control of it for the next two. I mean, I guess the next three, if you want to count Land of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and then there was uh one more. There was one more that nobody likes to talk about. That yeah, nobody, yeah, that everybody's uh, embarrassed about. Diary? I, no, it's, no. There's there's two diaries and those are embarrassing, but I think the one that you're talking about is uh, Island of the Dead, which I actually what? was at. I was at the American premiere of that movie. Um, I've never heard of this movie before. It's it's basically a western with zombies in it, and it's like I mean I don't know. I have a little bit of affection for it because it is just like such a fucking weird movie. It has no reason to exist. It's like these two. It's like this Hat, Hatfield and McCoy feud on this isolated island and there's this like zombie cowgirl who rides around the island randomly <laughs> and it's like oh my god it, it 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 just like i said it has no reason to exist aside from the fact that like this was at the end of george romero's career and he could get money to make anything as long as he put zombies in it 
right. and so I guess he wanted to make a Western, but he was like, I don't know. There's zombies here. Give me some money. Give me the $10,000. It's going to take to shoot this thing. And so I know, was, I was almost with it up until you said zombie cowgirl. Otherwise, was that the last movie he wound up doing? I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of want to say that it was, but I, I, don't want to allow myself to comprehend that fact. I, I love George Romero. Um, well, I think he's a great to, filmmaker. To what we, thing, it says that Survival of the Dead. What's his last one? Oh, that, Survival, Survival of the Dead. Of the dead. Is, yeah. I think Survival of the Dead is what I'm thinking of. Is, is yeah. Island of the Dead, is that an actual title or am I confusing it? Yeah, Island of the Dead is like this Italian zombie movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so no, no, no. What, I'm thinking what, about what, Survival. What, yeah, Survival. yeah, that's the one you, you're talking about. Yeah, it says on an island off the coast of North America, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, what is your favorite George Romero film? Oh, um, I guess it's, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's probably going to change moment to moment. Uh, but I got a lot of affection for Martin. I know. Oh, that's yes, a, yes. Yeah, Martin's the best. I love Martin. I was hoping you would say that. Martin yeah. is easily my my favorite of any of his films. I mean, it's Dawn of the Dead is also like has a lot to recommend it. And in terms of like wild, like crazy, dangerous filmmaking, like the fact that they were actually doing those stunts in a mall while it was closed, like when the mm -hmm. bikers invade at the end. I mean, that stuff is fucking great. Um, but Martin, to me, it's just like it's it works on a different level. You know, it's it's the most personal it's the most like uh intimate and it's like really scary it's still scary today you know martin um, i love the it's, flashbacks it's, in martin that kind of imply uh I, I, well it, it it implies like there's an alternate history or or maybe he goes so far back that and it, and it doesn't leave you with any firmly concretely answered questions about whether or not martin is a vampire or just mentally ill or is or whether he's being gaslit by his his cousin, who's like 50 years older than him. That movie's just so perfect as a horror film and just as a movie in general. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, th I think it's just like, it's, it's an uncomfortable movie. Like, it makes you uncomfortable to watch it. Um, especially mm -hmm. the family dynamics in Martin. You know, it's like the, the whole thing with the cousin that you're talking about. It's like, it's, uh, it's very intense. I, I love Martin. Um, Creepshow, also very good. Um, I, uh, I'm not very familiar with his early movies and i'm just reading about uh night riders oh yeah I'm familiar with them. yeah <laughs> what the fuck it, is this it's a <laughs> post-apocalyptic bike jousting it's a great film <laughs> you know <laughs> it just says ed harris rages himself away from his group of diehard renfair motorcycle jousters Spiraling yeah. into madness caused by inner circle quarreling party crashers and the quintessential redneck cop from Bakersfield that looks like a pig trying to shake him down. Battles, travels, and troubles abound in this obscure George Romero classic. That sounds awesome, and I never heard of this fucking movie. No, I've never heard of it oh. either. Yeah, it's a that's a great movie. Uh, Monkey Shines also for the like lesser known George Romero flicks. Um, I, I fucking love George Romero, man. I, I think you know, and he's another. We we're talking about House. Uh, he's another director who came out of uh, commercials. Um, obviously, very different stylistically than uh, it's Obayashi did House, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's a uh, you know, it's apparently a good place to start if you want to become some kind of weird outsider filmmaker. George Romero had, I think, there was a an unreleased film that he had done back in the seventies. It might have been his first film or or his second film that was never finished. 
and they released it either this year or last year. And I'm trying to remember the name of that. Do you Shit. guys know anything about it? I, I don't. That sounds awesome, though. I would I would really love to see that. Yeah. Um, speaking I, I, of, of unfinished movies, you know, uh, we were talking about the Italian overdubbing earlier, right? You know who tried to do that in the United States uh, was Orson Welles because he came out of radio. So right after Citizen Kane, when he was doing Magnificent Ambersons, he was trying to get all of his actors to lip sync to a already done audio track. And that they rioted. They they hated it. Um, but uh, Orson Welles, you know, his other side of the wind was just finished by Peter Bogdanovich. They put it out on Netflix. And I, mm-hmm. I thought that was a real good, uh, real good thing there. Uh, it, you know, it kind of documentary of your heart. Yeah. Oh, the, the yeah. documentary the they'll love me when I'm dead. Yes. I watched I, both. I, I thought that the documentary was uh, superior to the film, but the film was very enjoyable in its own right. Also, I, I just found out the uh, the name of that George Romero film. It did come out this year. It's called The Amusement Park. The Amusement Park. Well, I'll, I'll have to put that on my list. That's a good recommendation. Thank you very much.